Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep? Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference. Yes, yeah. otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, I think lots of parents can relate to yeah. that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. There are many things associated with women's health that we don't talk a lot about. We don't talk about heavy periods, how childbirth has damaged our body, or other intimate health concerns. And so many suffer in silence. Sneha Wadwani is a GP and mum of two girls aged five and seven. She's passionate about women's health. And today we're talking about polycystic ovarian syndrome. Hi, Sneha. Hi. What is polycystic? I can't even say it. What is polycystic ovarian syndrome? So it's defined by a number of uh, characteristics, really. Um, the menstrual cycle is usually greater than thirty-five days. So what we mean by that is you often won't have a period every month, and it'll be more sparse than that. There may or may not be some increased hairiness. So we all have a bit of hairiness and that's quite normal. Um, but in women with polycystic ovarian syndrome, we might notice that they have more coarse hair in the places we don't expect to see it on women than in others. Um, and also on ultrasound, we might find that we have what we call an appearance of polycystic ovaries on scan. So what we see... Um, when we scan these ladies is that compared to the average lady who, when we do an ultrasound, we might see a, a few follicles on each ovary from which one mature follicle is going to produce an egg. So we might see three or four on each ovary. In polycystic ovarian women, we will see over 10 on on each ovary. Wow. And often these are distributed in quite a typical way, like a pearl necklace around the edge of the ovaries. So really, it's a clinical diagnosis. How would a woman know or wonder whether she might have the condition? Largely through the symptoms. So periods becoming sparse. Occasionally, they can be heavier. Um, and maybe there may be some issues with weight, finding it difficult to lose weight, um, and also the increased hairiness. Does it affect fertility at all? So it can certainly affect fertility. What's very interesting about polycystic ovarian syndrome, it's really a, a spectrum of disease. So we have women who are quite mildly affected and we have women who are severely affected. And really the fertility doesn't necessarily always go hand in hand with which end of the spectrum you are. For example, you can have someone on an ultrasound who has awful looking ovaries and lots of uh, follicles there. But their blood tests and their hormone profile may look completely normal and they have no increased hairiness and their weight is quite stable and they may have no issues with falling pregnant. On the other hand, you can have women with all the symptoms and they can have you know, fall pregnant really quite easily. So it, it really depends on the person. Is it a common syndrome? It's super common. So it, uh, it represents between 12 and 21% of women of reproductive age and up to 70% remain undiagnosed. It's probably the most common cause of female infertility. And, you know, in Australia, it's a huge burden. So it accounts for about $400 million a year in, in healthcare costs. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Sneha Wadwani, uh, GP, about polycystic ovarian syndrome. 
can you be tested for it? I mean, you notice these symptoms, you go to your GP, is the way to be tested to have an ultrasound? Absolutely. So it's a combination of a few things. We certainly do an ultrasound looking for those follicles and the distribution of them on the ovaries. And we also do some blood tests. And those blood tests are really quite specific. We're looking for your hormones, but not just your estrogen and progesterone. We're looking at how much testosterone is floating around. Testosterone's normal. It's it's released from our ovaries and we need a bit of it. Um, but in women who have polycystic ovarian syndrome, often they are lacking in the little protein molecule that will bind the testosterone in the blood. So we see more free levels of it, which then causes things like the hairiness. So we may see elevated testosterone levels. We also see signs um, that the hormones from the pituitary gland in the brain are being suppressed a little bit so we might see an imbalance in those hormones that would normally trigger ovulation and that kind of thing. So we're looking for quite discrete changes in your hormones um, which may reflect polycystic ovarian syndrome and often we we like to see both to give a confident diagnosis uh, but we may not see both we may see one or the other. Other interesting things we look for are your sugar levels. Uh, and insulin levels. We know that there's a link between polycystic ovarian syndrome and the tendency towards diabetes. So managing that is also part of treating the polycystic ovarian syndrome. I was going to ask you what kind of treatments are available for that. So lots of different treatments really for polycystic ovarian syndrome, largely um, depending on where you are in your stage of life. to treat the, the disturbance in the periods, the mainstay of treatment is really lifestyle change. So weight loss and exercise, weight loss if you're you know, overweight, and exercise uh, to help burn those calories. And also changing the diet a little bit to more what we would recommend for somebody who is diabetic or borderline diabetic. Sometimes the combined oral contraceptive pill can help because that uh, will help to regulate the periods. It doesn't necessarily treat the polycystic ovarian syndrome, but making sure that the periods are regular is important. And this is because some women who have polycystic ovarian syndrome may go without periods for 6 to 12 months. And if this is the case, then the lining of the womb, the endometrium, can build up thicker and thicker and thicker. And there could be a theoretical risk of there being some cancer in there. So we need to make sure that that lining is shed regularly so that that doesn't happen. Sometimes we use a drug called metformin. Metformin is an anti-diabetic drug which works on those insulin and sugar levels and also helps to lose weight. And by doing this, by lowering the sugar levels, helping with the weight loss and um, altering the insulin levels somewhat, we see that women do start to have regular periods again and that can help women to regain their fertility so that they can have children. For the hairiness, it's a little bit more tricky. Um, The combined oral contraceptive pill making a choice of one that has an anti-testosterone agent in it can be helpful. Um, Laser hair removal. There are some creams and lotions and potions we can prescribe for facial uh, excessive hair, but they often have side effects such as acne. So you kind of got to choose. Do you want to be spotty or hairy? Oh, no. (laughs) It's not terribly fair. No, it's not fair. (laughs) Um, 
For the infertility side of things, we recommend age-related planning. So an early diagnosis of polycystic ovarian syndrome means we can help educate you to kind of get yourself ready to have children, perhaps a little earlier than you might have normally, but using your age-related fertility on your side. Um, Again, lifestyle change. And sometimes, you know, women with polycystic ovarian syndrome need to have some assistance with fertility. doesn't necessarily need to be IVF. But there's lots of other treatments along the way before you get to that point. Sneha, thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome. (laughs) That's Sneha Wadwani. She's a GP and mum of two girls. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website. Just head to kindling.com.au.